0: You know, the, the Bible, it's Revelation. But even at that, I'm like, wow, okay, God, I know I have a word from God for your people today. I'm 100% confident in that. But there's something missing. And Patricia has the rest of it. So she, I'm going to have her uh, give a testimony. So there's power in the Testimony. It's one thing to listen to me drone on all day long, but then there is power in the testimony. And so this is the missing piece today's message, and I hope it all fits in.
1: Hi. I attend the first service, so I don't know some of you, but a lot of faces I recognize. For those that haven't seen me, I broke my toe on my right foot, and uh, when my doctor said that I didn't need my knee scooter anymore, I took it that day to the Goodwill. Well, I just... Friday broke my ankle, (laughs) and I knew that Susan Little had a knee scooter that I could borrow, and bless their hearts, they um, let me use hers, which is a beefed up version, by the way. But I, you know, the first time I broke my toe, it didn't dawn on me um, why or whatever, you know, I just endured it. But when this happened, and I broke my ankle, It occurred to me that in both situations, I was upset. And, you know, when you're upset, you're not at peace. That's right. You're upset. So there's a scripture in Corinthians where it talks about not to give the devil an advantage by unforgiveness. And when I was upset, it meant I hadn't. Forgiven the people that were involved that stirred up my flesh (laughs) And so I'm here dressed in black because this is a good time for my flesh to take a death dive (laughs) I'm going to die to my flesh and just um, and admit that I was upset and I learned that I cannot afford to be upset. I need to forgive immediately and completely because Jesus taught us you know forgive us our sins as we forgive others well I want to be forgiven completely wow. and immediately so I need to forgive others completely and immediately and by the way in the revelation the chapter 12 um, verse 10 that our pastor will get to yep. Satan is defeated by the blood of the Lamb that Jesus has already shed on our behalf. He died for my sins. Mm -hmm. And the word of our testimony. So, this is my testimony. I was bad, but I am forgiven.
0: (laughs) Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's right. Uh, when we started this little camp, the this, this series, the this 66-week series, part of it was a trip to Israel. So the person with the best attendance gets to go to Israel with me, and that person is Sue Macon. <laughs> there she is. Oh, that just made my day. Did you miss any Sundays, Sue? Not a single one. And it was more than 66 because we had some fillers in there like Christmas and Easter and things like that. So, wow. That should inspire us all. She did not miss a single Sunday and because of her faithfulness, she gets to go to the Holy Land. All right. Isn't that cool? This is the verse that Patricia was referring to. Again, this is the missing piece to my message. Chapter Chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren, you're the, you're the brethren, the accuser is the devil. The accuser of our brethren who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. not that cool? All right. Revelation is a very complicated, strange, mysterious book. And it's been an amazing journey for us to go through this as a church together, like even me personally, because every time I read the scriptures, there's something new that I learn about God, there's something that I knew that I learn about myself. There's higher levels of revelation there's more to glean. I can never get enough of this word of God. And I don't even, I don't, I don't count. I don't know how many times that I've read through the Bible. But I know that my understanding of Revelation is so much richer because I've read this book in context, cover to cover. And you can't pick up Revelation, you can't pick up the Bible and then read Revelation and understand it properly if you don't read Genesis, if you don't read Isaiah, if you don't read Ezekiel, if you don't read the Gospels, you will not understand the heart and the message of the book of Revelation. You'll just do really weird stuff with it. Like you'll have a YouTube channel about end times and things like that. If you don't understand the the the, the what it's communicating, like this book is one unified piece. This is God's map, it's his love letter, it's it's, it's his word, he's communicating to his people and this book was written to us by a, a number of different people over thousands of years and that's just what we have that's written. That doesn't include the oral tradition that gets passed down from generation to generation before, I don't know who wrote it, Moses I guess, before they began to, I actually think that Abraham was a writer. That's just my own personal opinion. But it all makes sense. It is scary how this story fits together. And when you've, when you've read the whole thing and you begin to read Revelation, you, you see the, the, the mirror images come to life. You see the theme that's being communicated. And when you read this book this week, a couple of things will happen. One, you're going to be blessed. That you will be blessed, if you read it and if you get scared like I did this week because I studied it, I, I really delved into it this week. I studied it and then I read it. I read it spiritually. I prayed it. So I did a lot of different, you know, things. So I think it was Wednesday. I'm just reading it, but intellectually, and I get into the parts of all the monsters. And I have a nightmare that night. <laughs> so, and um, so if you read it and if you have a nightmare, it's okay. It's not spiritual warfare. You're not being attacked by the evil one. God may or may not, but, you know, God's not telling you anything if you have a bad dream from reading Revelation. Because anything from the word of God, any communication from God to you, if it does not build up, if it does not edify, if it does not encourage you, even in the areas of Hey, correction, if it doesn't give you hope, it's not from the Lord. Correction can give you hope. Do you know that? Because yes. God disciplines those that he loves. So if you're being disciplined by God, grow up, accept it, say, okay, you're right, Lord. This is good for me because you love me. You discipline those that you love. So discipline is not a bad thing, folks. But anything that tears down, that brings depression, that makes you feel icky without hope, that ain't from the Lord. And there has been many uh, fancy preachers that can make you feel guilty by reading the Bible. But that is not what we are. Uh, lots of different genres and lots of different... Perspectives from Revelation, written by John, uh, traditionally one of Jesus' apostles, his closest friend, his buddy, younger than Jesus and the rest of the apostles. He is in his later uh, season in life. He is in jail. He used to pastor the church in Ephesus. And he's writing a letter, just like Paul would, Just like Peter would to other churches, to these seven churches, I'll be talking about the seven churches on Wednesday night because we just don't have time to do the whole book. So we'll be talking about the letter to the seven churches on Wednesday night if you want to join us at six o'clock, six or seven, seven (laughs) o'clock, I'll be here at six, but, um, and so it's, John is writing to a specific situation to specific churches in that time period Yet at the same time, he is writing about Genesis. And at the same time, he is writing about time, before time existed, the very fall of Satan himself. He writes about that. And to make matters more confusing, he writes to us in the future, to us today. Right, let me ask you guys a question. Uh, how many people used their debit card to buy something this week? Your debit or your credit card? should be all of us. How many people used an automation to pay a bill? Your gas bill, your electric bill, it's just automatic. You don't even know what how much it would cost, right? It just automatically got drafted out of your account. You didn't even think twice about it. So easy, so convenient. You're not, you know, you're not getting a late payment because the computer paid it for you. You didn't have to think about it. How many people have the Starbucks app on your phone and you bought Starbucks with your phone you, you didn't take out your cash, you, you didn't even take out your plastic, but you used your phone to buy your coffee, right? Is there, anybody do that this week? got your points and get your little stars for your coffee? It's so convenient, I know. You can even order your coffee as you're driving down the road before you even get to Starbucks, and then they'll have it ready for you. Anybody have an Apple Watch? Anybody have the one of those? You guys are duds, man. Like, first service, first service. Like, how many Apple Watch users did we have? Like, yeah, a whole bunch. No Apple Watch users in here?
1: We're
0: all poor. No, we're all poor. Second service is poor. Okay, we got one. We got one. At least one Apple Watch. Okay, did did you use your did you use your watch to buy anything? Not yet, huh? All right, so first service we did, I have a friend that's a techie that did too, but um, like she used her watch to buy stuff at Sprouts. My friend scanned his watch at, you know, and I forgot which store it was, but he has his Bank of America card on his screen. Crazy, huh? Okay, that, it's crazy to me, it's crazy to him and all of us old folks, but for the young people in the building, we're like, that's cool, what's the big deal? In Minnesota this week, or the last month, uh, there's a company, a business, uh, in Minnesota. Um, white Christian people. Middle America, white, Christian, most likely Republicans, or at least they look like they're Republicans. Right, Their company is putting a chip in their hand the size of a grain of rice so they can clock in and clock out and they can go into the break room and buy their snacks with their chip in their hand. And you just watch this on Google it. It's like I'm not making this stuff up. Google it. Um, and their, their response is, it's so convenient. Like, aren't you scared a little bit about it? It's like, I'm, I'm kind of afraid I'm going to get an infection, but beyond that, no. It's, it's so convenient. They don't have to carry my cash. I don't have to worry about my time card. They don't even have to carry their keys because they just hold their hand up to the door, and the door unlocks for them. How convenient. Okay, for those of us that don't think that this is a big deal... Uh, well, again, I don't have a whole, I don't have time to get into it in detail and specifically. But the serpent of old, the dragon in Revelation, he empowers two beasts. He empowers one beast to come out of the water, and he's he's got seven heads and ten horns, all this kind of crazy stuff. And he is he is the 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 empowerment. By the evil one, by evil forces, Satan, the devil, the guy in the red tights. He is empowered, this beast is empowered by evil to control the political environment in the world. Beast number one. Beast number two comes out of the earth. And that beast has complete control over our economics. And it says... The day will come when the beast that has control and power over the economic situation of the world, that people will receive his mark on the forehead or on the hand. That number is 666. That is his number, the number of the beast, and you will know him by that number. And we are putting chips in our hands, or maybe we'll scan our eyeball so that we will have an economic advantage because it's so convenient. Here's the thing. It says that, it, that we will have to do these things. So that will give you a little bit of breathing space, right? It will give you a little bit of, okay, maybe I got a couple more days here, a couple more weeks before they force us, before they take the cash away. They take the cash away. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy town, right? Mako and I watched a movie this week. It's, it's a, it's a uh, story that's been out for quite a while, actually. It's called Ghost in the Shell. Scarlett Johansson, see that movie? It's good. Um, but it's based off of a Japanese comic book, came out a while ago. But the whole concept of it is, is that you take somebody's brain out and you put it into a robot, and so that everything is automated. And what's the idea behind it is that you live forever, right? or that you can transfer your consciousness from your body into something else. And we're doing it. Like, our scientists are, are messing around with this stuff. If you have enough money, you just might be able to live forever. And this is, I mean, you just take a look at our, um, you know, our health insurance situation in this country. It's crazy town. Hmm? It's, I, I can speak from personal experience. The only reason why I was able to get my surgeries is because I have money mm-hmm. and insurance. Mm-hmm. I don't have money anymore, but <laughs> I have negative money, in fact. But we're so privileged. In that sense, but the day is coming when there's going to be a very distinct line from those that have and then those that do not have those that are privileged those that are wealthy and the poor are they're I hate to say bad words in church I'm not going to do it but the poor are just out of luck it's almost as the privileged are going to evolve into a higher species and then there's going to be those that are going to be less fortunate and it ain't science fiction anymore. We're doing it. We are doing it. So, my my goal today is to scare the pants off you. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not. But actually, I do want you to think about these things, and 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 there is there is hope. There is. What did it say when we read it? You. Oh, I didn't read it, did I? I should probably open the Bible and read it to you. It's chapter 1, verse (laughs) 1. The revelation of of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants that uh, must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, here we go. Blessed. Is the one who reads the word of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it. That's you, and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So this is the this is my goal. This is my purpose. This is what I hopefully I can get communicated to you is that we will be blessed today. That just from me reading this out loud to you, do you realize that you've been blessed? Here's the amazing thing about Revelation. This is the only book that says that if you read this, and if you hear it, and if you take it to heart, you will be blessed. So let's just take this to heart. You, okay, let's get the rest of the scary stuff out of the way. Let's go get let's go some pictures. All right, end of the world, Jesus judging everybody. Uh, here's you doing naughty things. Here's you kind of in the middle, like saying you're sorry. And there's you in hell, Okay. It's judgment. Okay, here's the truth about the word of God, is that you are going to stand before Jesus and be judged for the things that you do and do not do. That's the truth. But there's good news. We have this thing called grace. No matter what you did or how bad you were, Jesus paid the price to get you out of that last piece of the triptych. You don't have to go there, ever. So my goal is not to scare you. Let's go to the next picture. Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Revelation has been amazing in inspiring many a a heavy metal band cover or uh, some death rock or something like that. It's just cool, right? This is, like, this is the stuff that gave me nightmares. But if you say the four horsemen of the apocalypse, it's in, it's, the culture knows what we're talking about. They might not know that it's in the Bible, but everybody has heard of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Iron Maiden did a song about that, right? So everybody knows. It's part of our collective consciousness. We, we know these things. We, we know that the world is going... Okay, let's take that down. It's freaking me out. We know... <laughs> We know that the world will end. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be for another million years. But scientists know that someday the sun is going to burn out. And we just taking a look at uh, geology. We're like, oh no. There's these things called asteroids. Take a look at the moon. The moon is littered with asteroid pots and marks it's just inevitable that one day it's going to hit again so we know it's going to happen what does that mean for you I don't know maybe you're just going to get hit by a bus on your way out I don't know it's going to end but God is saying it's okay because you are mine and I am yours you don't have to walk around in this fear Revelation, again, it hits ancient past, before John was born. It hits his current situation. It hits our future, maybe the future to come. He covers everything. He does it through symb- symbolism. He does it through literal descriptions of what is going on. He tells you straight up what's happening, and then he gives you some rather weird mystery, you know, dark speech that we just don't understand that we're called to uncover. Like hidden Easter eggs in the Bible, right? It's okay to try and delve in and to discover what these things mean. Um, I'm gonna get off the pulpit for a second. Okay, so there's this. I spend like too much time on YouTube. Here's the problem with reading Revelation: you get sucked into all of this conspiracy theory stuff. That is my nature. I tend to have. It happens to me every once in a while. So I went on many a rabbit trail. No, rabbit trail. Bird trail? What do you call those things? Rabbit trails. trails. Yeah. Okay, so here's one of them. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord. I'm saying, wow, maybe I should take this to heart. Is there something to this? I don't know. September 23rd of this year. Well, let let me read chapter 12 for you. Chapter 12, verse 1, and this is what we, we hit on earlier. Chapter 12, verse 1. A great and wondrous sign will appear in heaven. A woman clothed with sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, and uh, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, Ten horns, seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky. Those are the angels. So he's, this, is, this is prehistory. This is pre-time. Talking about the fall. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment that it was born. She gave birth to the son, a male child, who would rule the nations. This is the nativity story. So do you see what he's, this is a masterpiece, right? You see what he's doing. Like in just, in a few sentences that he read, he's addressing the past, the present, and the future, and the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says that signs and wonders will appear in heaven on September 23rd of this year, The constellation Virgo, the Virgin, Uh, let me get off this, here we go. I am off the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm engaging your mind. I'm not saying this is from the Lord. I'm just saying, let's just take these things to heart. The constellation Virgo will be set in the sun and the moon will literally be at Virgo's feet. Virgo the Virgin. Jupiter is going to hit Virgo's midsection and do a 160 inside of her and come out between her legs. Leo is directly above Virgo. Leo, the royal lion, right? So whenever we think about royalty, we think about crowns. The only problem with Leo, Leo is it only has nine stars in its constellation. But for the very first time in all of history, three planets are going to collide into, into Leo, making it 12. And it, and it only happens on September 23rd. Does that mean that we're going to be raptured on this day? I don't know. I don't even know if I believe in the rapture anymore. I believe that Jesus is coming back. I believe that we will meet him in the clouds. I don't know if if we're gonna be beamed up like on Star Trek. I just don't know about that. I don't know if I'm I'm doing something naughty at that very moment, do I get to go? This is what we use to get our kids to straighten up, right? (laughs) Tim LaHaye made a lot of money on these books and parents bought them to make sure that their kids were obeying. If you don't straighten up, you just might be raptured, or you might miss the rapture. No one wants to miss the rapture, right? Okay, here's the thing. A God is good, and he is better than we think, and he is good all the time. We know that the end of the world is going to happen. Um, sometimes all you need to do is watch the news. Hmm? God loves us so much, is my opinion. I think his children are going to miss all this horror. I think he's going to take us home. I, I just do. That's is my... Look, there's a million different perspectives on eschatology, on end times. There's pre tribulation, there's post tribulation, there's mid tribulation, there's millennial reign. It's all crazy stuff. There are guys and gals that are way smarter than me that have tried to figure this stuff out and they can't. We just know that Jesus is coming back. His word says it, we don't know when, but we do know that he wins. That's the truth. That is what we have to to rest in and to rely upon, and that, that God is good, and that we get to miss all of this heavy stuff. Okay, now John is has the privilege, and I believe he has the privilege because he is Jesus' best friend. He is the close one to Jesus, and again, he's in his older age. He's writing in from jail or from club fed, club med. It's not too bad. They can't kill him because he's just like, what are you gonna? Eat? They don't want to kill him. Um, so he's, he's writing this letter and he goes into, uh, as we was going along, you know, we did, he did the gospel of John. He did first John, second John and third John, but they're all very different from this book because in this book, he goes into full blown, open revelation, open vision. Like he is seeing stuff that, that he's never quite had this experience before whether he it is a dream or an open vision or whether he was literally transported in his body to heaven like we're just not quite sure but something very important and something very powerful is happening with John at this very moment and he begins to see again the past and the present and the future all in one shot he sees heaven he's try his brain is trying to describe it on paper but like you just can't describe this stuff so he does a You know, a decent job uh, trying to describe it. And he knows the end is near, right? They had the same sense in their gut that the end was near, that it was imminent. The first thing that he sees in this vision is the throne room of God, these beings that we are familiar with because of Isaiah and Ezekiel, well, these four beings, one that has a face of a man, the other an eagle, a lion, and a bull. They have wings, they have eyes, they're really weird looking, and they're flying around God's throne, and they're saying the same thing that we sung earlier, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they're, I think that they're real. Like, I don't know what they look like, But if I was in the presence of the Lord and I saw these entities that were giving glory to their creator, I'm not quite sure how my mind would interpret what I would see. And we know that the four gospels are represented by these beasts. So this is the good news. He's saying this is good news for you. He gets to see this very important vision. Chapter 1, verse 5. Excuse me, I have dyslexia. Chapter 5, verse 1. Seriously, if you have dyslexia, there's hope for you. Don't take German, though. All right. (laughs) German messed me up, man. A dumb idea. I should have took statistics. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll... With writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. There's lots of sevens, there's lots of twelves, there's fours and threes. Uh, Numbers are a big deal in the entire Bible, actually. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll, but no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scrolls or even look inside. And I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look inside. Not only is Revelation about end times, whatever they were going through back then, but it's also about your life. Because you see, your life is a, is a, is a work. It's a, it's a work in progress. You've heard that one before, right? Your life is a work in progress, and you have dreams, and you have, a, you know, you want to see certain things in your life come to fruition, but have, and, and you got saved, you remember the day that you got saved and you accepted Jesus into your heart and then everything started to work out perfectly? Yeah, if that's you, you can leave right now. Just get out. I don't like you. You don't fit this church. <laughs> no. Like, life is hard. Can I get an amen? amen. But we have Jesus. We have a, a Savior that comes alongside of us and carries us and lifts us. And he helps us understand the craziness in life. How many people is like, I, there is so much pain and confusion and hurt and I'm a Christian? How do I get, I, how do I understand this? And John, Jesus' close buddy, he's having this experience. The guy that saw him ascend to heaven, the guy that saw him heal the multitudes and feed 5,000 and the 4,000 he's saying it, it's sealed up life doesn't make sense there are no answers there is no solution and he cries and he weeps all mm-hmm. right does this make sense like, this is our lives Life is hard, and sometimes it doesn't make sense, and we look for answers. We try to figure it out on our own abilities. But here is the answer. The one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. You see the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. He is going to make sense and be in complete control of all the madness in your life. Jesus is in complete control over all the chaos that's in this world. He is. He's in complete control of Donald Trump. He's in complete control of Korea right now. He is in complete control, I don't know, we're uh, Venezuela right now. All of the crazy things that are going on in this world Jesus is king, and no matter how bad it gets, he still has his hands on this scroll, and he is still the only one that can break the seals. Verse eight. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twelve, uh, the twenty-four elders, twelve on each side, again numbers. They fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang an old church song. No. They sang a new song, a new creation. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Isn't that cool? Every tribe, every language, every nation, God sees them as priests. It's amazing. And the creature that is able to have so much control, uh, if if we continue to get into it, the creature that defeats the dragon, the creature that defeats both beasts and the whore of Babylon... Don't Google that one, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, Is a lamb. Is a slain lamb. A spotless, innocent, little, cute, little lamb. Is the thing that wields so much power. And it happens in the act of serving. Serving loving your neighbor, loving your enemy, showing grace. This is how Jesus defeats evil. It's in an upside down world where you serve those that hate you. Interesting, huh? Verse 11, then I looked and heard the, the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands 10,000 times, 10,000, and they encircled the throne and they gave the living creatures and their elders. In a a loud voice, they said, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and honor and glory and praise. Uh, It's quite possibly these are the seven spirits of the Lord if you ever, again, go on those rabbit trails of trying to figure out weird stuff. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb to praise, honor, and glory and power forever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and they worshiped. Um, so we see the angels. They, the angels go into a chorus, they began to sing. And then it says, every single living creature began to make a noise. Everything. Your pets at home, your kids, you, even the rocks began to sing of God's glory. Everything that can make a sound, that can resonate a vibration, is at this point, when when Jesus begins to show us the truth, when he begins to reveal everything, that's actually what revelation means. It's a revealing of of God's master plan, of understanding everything in its context. When he begins to reveal everything, the, the, the seals are broken up, sound becomes to emanate, and it is God's holy symphony. It, is, it was his plan to see everything worship at the same time. We begin to see heaven and earth mingle at this point. So when we were worshiping, if you felt anything at all, you, begin to, you were experiencing a little bit of heaven on earth. And what we are seeing here is, the, is all of it when it begins to open up. He opens all these seven seals, and at the, at the end of the last seal, this is in chapter 8, at the end of the last seal, it says that heaven and all of creation go silent for an hour. Isn't that cool? This is all hearkening back to Genesis, by the way. Seven days of creation, on the, third day he re- on the seventh day he rested, there was, there was silence. So activity, all this beautiful contrast. Now look. I don't know what it is about the Lord wanting to be active in our everyday lives. But that is the Christian experience. In my little journey this week on going through Revelation, you have to use your brain, you have to use your intellect, you have to approach it from that aspect. So I did that. I read it. I studied it. I prayed it. I lived it, and then you experience it. Uh, The angel tells John to eat this document. You need to ingest it, get it deep down inside of you. you. So I'm I'm like, I was reading this part about just this divine symphony of sound. You know that we don't even know what God's name is? We call him God. Call him Yahweh. Yahweh. If you call him Jehovah you're you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it's, it's true the Germans made that up. Like I said Germans are complicated. It's Yahweh, not Jehovah by the way. Sorry. <laughs> it's Yahweh or no way. <laughs> There's a uh, an idea when God's name is spoken for the very first time that heaven comes to earth. That's probably what's going on here. God's name is probably exists in all of our vocal communication and sound all at once. Isn't that cool? So this is probably God's name being spoken by all creation, because it can only happen all at once by everybody and every living creature. And then there's silence, and we get to see it and rest in it. Oh, yeah. So I'm reading this, this passage. Um, not in my office, not in the sanctuary. I'm multi-ta- multitasking. I'm reading this scripture on my phone, Right? Remember, I don't know if you caught it or not, but basically I just said that your phones are the mark of the beast, right? <laughs> so anyway, I'm, the Apple Watch has definitely taken the mark of the beast. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm reading scripture on my phone. And, and, I, and, and if I have like made fun of you for doing that in church, I'm sorry. But I just know that you're not looking at scripture, you're playing video games. Or looking at Facebook or something. Don't tell me. I used to be a youth pastor. I know these things. So I'm, I'm reading that scripture about God's symphony. I'm just like in scroll mode right here. Just, just kind of scrolling through it. Kind of, okay, what, can I, what do I need to teach? And I'm, in, I'm watching my kid do taekwondo. Sort of. And the spirit. Spirit of the Lord hits me as I'm. It blessed me as I'm reading this, not in church, not in my office, but in the Taekwondo studio. I'm like, oh no, go go away! No, no, not here, not now. I'm in public. No, this is not your space. Your space is back down the street in church. You don't belong in the Taekwondo studio leave me alone holy spirit he says no you see so you're reading my word and you're gonna get blessed whether you like it or not no matter what environment you're in so i'm trying to hold it together at taekwondo i'm sitting there and it's like it's how do you know god's messing with you it's it's a combination of joy and fear and sadness it's like laughing and crying at the same time I'm oh like, god crap like leave me alone god Like, really, leave leave me alone. I'm like, I I can't do this in public. And I'm like, I'm crying just because of the word of God, because of a divine symphony that I just haven't thought of before, a new, a fresh revelation of God's word. Just, I don't know, it hit me sideways. It struck me. It's either that or I was just having an emotional breakdown. But I think I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty good. Like, I got my stuff together. So it wasn't that. So it was the Holy Spirit encountered me in a secular environment. And that's what he wants to do with you. I don't care who you are. I don't care how analytical you may be. God is out to get into your space so that you can experience this. So that you can experience God's love like John did. Like the intellectual thing is great. It's needed, but God, he wants to... He wants to make himself known to you in everyday life. Sometimes it happens to me when I'm driving down the road in the car. So the the Taekwondo studio was a first for me. But he just said, just mess up your life. And you need to allow him to. You need to put your faith and your trust into this this craziness that says he's he's here to save you, to, to. to reveal to you everything in, the, in your life, to be active in every part of your life. Okay, all kinds of really scary stuff. Let's skip to the back. If you love Jesus, you get to skip the scary stuff. I think that that's just the message, right? Chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Let's just say the asteroid hits our planet. Wormwood hits our planet. We get a new earth and a new heaven. And we get to, I don't know how it works, but we get to be a part of that tangible, real thing. We weren't made, we are spirit, but we are also flesh. God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and that's not a temporary thing. The spirit pouring out upon all flesh is an eternal design by God. So you will, you will be able to do this in the new heaven, and the new earth, in your new body, without the back hair, for eternity. For eternity. Right? Without the sickness, without the scars, without the tumors, without the crazy stuff that goes on in our heads, the emotional stuff, that all goes away. The only person that has scars is going to be Jesus for eternity. He's the only one that carries those. We get our DNAs on storage somewhere. We get new bodies, and they look just like us. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth, they passed away, and, no, and there was no longer any sea. In a holy city, the new Jerusalem came down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband, and I heard a loud voice, from the throne, saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. This is a reference to the tabernacle, by the way. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. Here we go. He will wipe away every tear. Remember John crying at the beginning with the scroll? But now God's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes there will be no more death there will be no more mourning there will be no more depression there will be no more freakouts there will be no more crying or pain for the older things they have passed away he who is seated on the throne said i am making everything new he said, write this down. He said to me, it is done. He said that on the cross too, remember? He said, it is finished. I am, not me, Jesus. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the springs of the water of life. It does not cost you anything to take a drink, meaning that you don't have to earn it. It is this free gift of grace from God. But if you really want a good drink, give a little bit extra in the offering. Just kidding. But, but you see, this is how we think. But really, this is how we think. This is our natural mind. God wants to encounter me in in incredible ways. So therefore, I better behave. Or I better give more. Or I better... Do you see what I'm saying? This is is works-based salvation. Uh, I shouldn't admit to watching this. But there's this movie called This is the End... It's really bad. Don't watch it. But there's this scene where um, uh, Franco, James Franco, gets raptured. He, he gets raptured. Why? Because he did something good. So do you see that Hollywood, they, they understand the concept of the end times. They, understand, they even understand what rapture is. They're making movies about it because it's selling. Thank you, Tim LaHaye. Um, fear sells, by the way. So James Franco did something good, and therefore he earned the right to be raptured, be taken up into heaven. And on, on his way up, he begins to make fun of his friends and does obscene gestures to them, and then God drops him. That's not how God works. <laughs> he just does it. You, you cannot earn this stuff. You have to believe this stuff. You have to take it to heart. What if I sin this week? Well, then you're, just, you're gonna go to hell in the triptych over there. No. If you sin, you get back up. You do what Patricia called us to do. and You say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for hurting others. Forgive me for this bitterness. Forgive me for this lust. Whatever it may be, you take care of that business and you move on back into your identity as a child of God, one who is worthy, the priest, the ministers to the nations. You put yourself back into the identity that, uh, that you and the spotless lamb are friends. You are the one that conquers the sins of the world. You have a personal relationship, and he cares deeply and intimately for you. He is promised to wipe away Every tear. Everything. No more pain. No more death. No more suffering. It is finished. Let me get the band to come on up to the front. Yeah, and I, I basically skipped everything in the middle. They say that... They say... They have, we actually have dimensions of the New Jerusalem. It's ginormous. The New Jerusalem that comes out of heaven and we have the, 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 the convergence of heaven and earth, the tabernacle of God is changed. And where we once went into the tabernacle of God and if we were good enough, maybe we survived. But now God is coming to us in this form of this, of the new Jerusalem where there is no temple because we are God's temple. And it's a perfect cube, it's like the Borg coming out of space, except it's gold. And it's the size of the moon. This is another one of these little points that makes you go, that's kinda weird. How do they do it? So this cube, you could actually fit the, you could fit the, I think you could fit the moon inside, no, no, it's the other way around. You could fit the cube inside of the moon and it almost fits perfectly how did these ancient people figure out the dimensions of the moon? Makes you go, I should probably think about that. But what he's saying, symbolically at least, if there is a big giant golden cube from heaven that comes down or not, but symbolically he's saying that he is perfection. The the cube, the perfect square, represents perfection. God's perfection coming into our mess, our, our, our sphere of pain. And this is what he's going to set us free from. This is the, the, the lamb that was slain. This is his idea that, that we get to, to enter into pure perfection, that we get to tabernacle with God for eternity. And it will be mind-blowing. No fear, no pain, no scary monsters, just pure peace, beauty and love and it will be well with your soul you can stand with me let's pray during this last song if you need prayer for anything at the end of the service we have uh, prayer partners and elders that will pray with you back there uh god's doing amazing things in the area of healing so if you need a physical touch in your body we would love just to see what god does and he's going to heal you uh, he can he's willing he's able and in fact you have already been healed So let's just see it happen. Let's see it come to fruition now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, we thank you so much for the lamb that was slain, that is worthy, that is completely upside down than anything that we had possibly experienced or or think that the vehicle that you would use for justice. God, right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, just pray this prayer with me. God, right now, I am a sinner, and you died on the cross. You, were, you took my place for the forgiveness of my sins so that I may spend eternity with you. If you never prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. It's not complicated, it's fun. Heavenly Father, I just pray a special blessing on everyone here as they heard the Word of God. The Word of God that says, if you read this, if you take it to heart, you will be blessed and not cursed. If you read this, and yet if you believe it, you will receive joy and not fear and condemnation. Your Word says, if you read this and if you see God's vision and His glory, you will not have nightmares. You will see the Garden of Eden, as it should be. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. We love you. Amen.